you're out on the road And there are shows you got to know All you gotta do is subscribe on us <laughs> Fuck it La 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 Yes, welcome to Shows What You Know And our discussion of Gilmore Girls What's that you say? You don't want to hear about that old Betty White show? No, of course you don't. This isn't, this is a different show, okay? It's Gilmore Girls. What's that you say? Oh, you're tired of Lena Dunham? Yes, we all are, but this is a different show again. How difficult is it for you people to keep track of the fact that Gilmore Girls is a show that is great, that you should know about? It, I mean, yes, the, it has girl in the title. Why are you so patriarchal? Why can't you appreciate it? Hello, welcome to the discussion. My name is Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli, and and us two men are here to smash the patriarchy as we discuss the Netflix revival of Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. Yay! It feels like we might be uh, unintentionally, um, you know, strengthening the patriarchy. It feels like that's <laughs> what we're all kind of, like, was I making, f- what, what was I really making fun of there, you know? Anyway, this is not a problematic show. In that sense, this is actually a great show in every way, I feel like. What's the thing? Like, does that happen to you when you try to recommend Gilmore Girls to to people? They're like, what is that, a chick show for boob people who have boobs? Is that what they say? Yeah, it definitely uh, has that. because, And partially, I mean, the the title isn't the, the worst part. Partially, it would be like the the uh advertising mm-hmm. or like even like the dvd boxes at the time because they're all like like uh like fuchsia and covered in vines <laughs> like <laughs> vine designs and because i'm sure. trying to tell someone like no you don't understand like this is just uh it's not it's not what you think it is mm-hmm. um which i guess is very patriarchal um because yeah, we're trying to smash the patriarchy and get rid of these gender norms, but here we are fighting the good fight. Yeah, but what, um, so what's wrong with vines then? Like, why, why, why you don't like vines? Is what I you know what you should say? Um, yeah, that's what I usually say. They're like, isn't there? Couldn't there be something with explosions on it? <laughs> couldn't it say Gilmore Girls with a bunch of explosions? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? They could. Uh, then maybe that would sell it to you a lot better. Yeah. Uh, but I, this could be. I, I've been thinking about this after watching the revival, uh, and not just because of the revival, by the way, because uh, the revival has its ups and downs. Um, but this could be my favorite show. Whoa, Buffy though, be. Buffy though. Yeah, I know Buffy though. I've been rewatching Buffy, and like that's creeping <laughs> back in. Yeah. But, it's uh, been like over. It's been like over ten years since I watched Buffy, so it just kind of lost in my mind of like, nah, I bet you that doesn't hold up. And I'm like, oh, it absolutely fucking does. Yeah, I. But I see what you mean because regardless of best show ever or not, uh, Gilmore Girls is such uh, such a like solid show through and through. Even even if this wasn't your cup of tea, it would like. It would become your cup of coffee because it's so like it's so well put together. It's it's the best version of that show of what it could be, and I think it kind of portrays itself as something slightly different. Maybe or people see it as that, partially the title and the vines and stuff. But but just in general, <laughs> like a drama show that's an hour long or or whatever yeah. an episode is, and and it's about like a family. It's like, what? No, why would I ever watch that is probably yeah. what most people well, would say. And, and also, that's kind of why I can score some points over Buffy a bit, because, I mean, Buffy and Angel are great shows, but they get to fall back on genre stuff, yeah. where 
True. Gilmore Girls doesn't have the luxury of, oh no, we need to you know pump this scene up. <laughs> we can just, we don't have a hellhound just smash through the window real quick and a fight <laughs> to break out. It's they have to rely on entertaining characters and you know organic drama of just people. Although, I mean, although yes, over the top to a bit with Stars Hollow as far as Stars Hollow is concerned. Right. You can kind of toe the line of almost having a hellhound character. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know there's definitely some whimsy there. Uh but the draw it, it's 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 a good juggle because you have um you have some of that light stuff and kind of funny over the top characters in this wonderland they live in. But some of the drama and the uh, conflict between the characters is very impressive to me because it feels so real. Yeah, I agree, and and like I certainly have ta- like absorbed Buffy in similar shows to the degree that when I've been writing stuff, I've I've like intentionally said said like no, we need a big fight here, like a physical <laughs> fight, like there needs to be a sword. Can we please put a sword in this uh, short film? Uh, so I know how that goes, and I agree with you. They do it really well. Kirk is kind of a hellhound, but uh, yeah. not in the same way, and and it's solid. All the way through, which is crazy. Um, now I'm sure you know that you are the reason I watched Gilmore Girls in the first place because you brought it up on your other podcast, which I listened to. Uh, and in fact, when we were starting shows, which you know, you were conjuring up plans of how to trick me into watching Gilmore Girls, and then yeah. I was like, "No, nah, you already did that, bro." Yeah, I thought I was going to have to get you to like watch seven seasons before October, mm-hmm. uh, so we could be ready for the for the Netflix revival. Uh, so yes, I was very pleased to hear. Now, wh- before before you watched it, did you just assume kind of what we were talking about, like uh, between seeing whether it be the ads or just hearing the title of the show? Like, nah, that's probably not something for me. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't. I don't know that I'd heard of it. I probably did the thing that I joked about, where Golden Girls, Gilmore Girls, it's pretty yeah. similar. <laughs> I I never even considered it, and then you brought it up a few times, and I googled it, and I was like, "Where's Betty White?" And then I have watched an episode, and I was like, "Huh." And, and because you, I don't know, it's weird that you have to. One kind of has to recommend it and say like, "No, no, you actually need to watch it." Like, don't judge the book by its cover which is crazy because that should be like uh, everything you know you should do that with all shows and yeah. everything but <laughs> but uh, you know in this world where trailers tell you the whole plot and and everything's so incredibly high concept uh, that it becomes low concept or something you know speak i'm thinking of uh, like gritty reboot of uh, alice in wonderland or no it's uh, oz same uh, thing yeah wizard of oz same shit Yep. So I don't know. It's uh, it's weird, but ca- yeah, that's kind of what I thought. And then I watched it. And for those in the audience who haven't seen Gilmore Girls, what is it about, Jim? You got an opportunity to pitch it again. <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, the show it's about family. Okay, it's about family. But anyways, I mean, the basic plot, like for the the, it's hard to gauge between Netflix and the original. But the original, it's just about a woman, Lorelai Gilmore, who had a daughter very young, well, 16, and now she's 32 and her daughter's 16, and they have a different type of relationship. It's more of a buddy-buddy relationship, and uh, because she had a daughter so young, uh, Lorelai Gilmore comes from a pretty affluent family that she... Um, she chose to leave like she couldn't stay in that world but 
something comes up where she may have to straddle that world uh, for the good of her daughter, and then it goes from there. It really does sound terrible, doesn't it? Like, it, none it, yeah, of- <laughs> it really. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to pitch. I mean, because it, it's the basic, you know, through line, yeah. but it's it's obviously much more than that. Um, uh, it's again, it comes down to family and characters and, you know, there's, there's a heaping help of drama with a lot of, a lot of really good comedy. Yeah. Uh, rapid fire dialogue. Like I, I was, I was talking, I was, I was thinking the other day, like I respect, um, Amy Sherman Palladino so much, the creator of the show <clears throat> and her and her husband kind of, um, uh, Made like it. run it, yeah. run it for the most part. But it's I I feel like it's mostly her thing. Yeah, like, and he's along for the ride. I give her the most credit, and I'm like amazed that you know she doesn't have like a Joss Whedon career or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess I mean partially she there's been some other shows that she's kind of done but didn't get much past either the first season or first few episodes. There was Bunheads uh, that was after post Gilmore Girls. Which is, it was very Gilmore Girls. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a few episodes and there was just Sutton Foster, I believe, who's in the revival, uh, the Netflix revival, yeah. who's kind of like the Lorelei and, you know, relationship with dancing and it's similar dialogue and back and forth. Uh, but I still, it's like, it really is amazing to me, like, you know, studios, whoever aren't snatching her up to, you know, pitch more stuff or... Maybe she doesn't want to do a Marvel movie or something. I'm sure they're not like, hey, like go, go come come write this Marvel movie. I well, would love that. Well, maybe it's because they're like, so then the hellhounds come, and she's like, uh, I don't, it's not my thing. Like, uh, I agree. I think it could definitely come. For, not, I mean, this maybe this will help. Maybe whatever. I don't know, like, why her career hasn't exploded in the same way because she's every bit as good as Joss Whedon in my opinion yeah. uh she just she's like the Joss Whedon of drama and i guess yeah. there's not a lot of drama or well i don't really know i'm not really well versed in that world but there's like n- drama films and shows they're kind of different like gilmore girls is different uh from other shows that sound like it and that's what i was trying to say when you were like saying the plot uh want to underline if you haven't seen it like None of that really describes what the show is. You know, it's about these generations of this family, but what the show is, to me, is, like, uh, great comedy. What you said, rapid-fire dialogue, as the thing people always say is that their scripts were twice as thick as any other script for the same length of time because they're just shooting back-and-forth quips and you, you can't even catch all the jokes the first time around and the references especially are uh Whedon-esque in a sense because mm-hmm. they're 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 so inside a lot of the time and quick and they're so specific uh and not references in the sense that we do nowadays where someone says Star Wars and everyone goes I love Star Wars <laughs> um more like yeah a, a very specific reference that really fits with the flow that uh, this is uh, maybe the one example I can tell I can remember from from TV where people actually sound like they do in real life, but it's a good thing. Like they throw in references, but not, you know, like uh, Armada or Ernest Klein. Yeah. it it Because typically you hear that, you hear like, oh, this shows a lot of references and you think, yeah, oh. like Family Guy or... Big Bang um, Theory. Yeah. Like something where it's, where it's like douchey, 
but yeah yeah i think you nailed it 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 feels more um more like real life and just like people talking rather than like huh remember like that thing and and part of it is because it's so fast and also the spectrum is so wide because i mean there are a lot of things that i don't even get like whether it be some obscure book or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> uh but i'm still like nah i like the, you know that's kind of funny even though i don't even get the full uh like exact reference and then there's some stuff that's like right up my alley and then other stuff like even in the new netflix one where they have a couple like or there's like one or two youtube star references that i didn't get but everyone on twitter was like oh my god zuella <laughs> They reference Zuella. That's great, yeah, and no. it's it's really impressive that they keep up. Uh, 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 I just imagine that Amy Sherman Palladino just consuming pop culture at uh, a crazy pace, and then just scribbling it all down in these scripts. Yeah, and the thing you described uh, as a Swede—that's every show for me, or every show growing up where there's references <laughs> yeah. where you don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like, imagine watching Simpsons in Sweden when you're like ten years old. You have no idea what any of the things are and you kind of learn about the world through people's references of like you've seen more you've seen cartoon uh cartoon bill clinton more times than real bill clinton <laughs> you know so so i'm kind of used to that but but this is one of those cases where they actually do it and it still works and is funny like even having no idea what they're talking about which is how those ca- type of references should be uh should be employed i think yeah. um and- yeah. And real quick, um, I just want to talk about the the revival format in general and how typically you hear like, oh, they're bringing back or they're redoing this movie or they're going to do a sequel to this old movie or they're bringing back this old show. And yeah. usually it's kind of like an eye rolling, like, oh, God, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if anything needed this treatment, it was absolutely this show because... It's it's the 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 like the tragic story of how the, this show, you know, the 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 creator Amy Amy Sherman Palladino created this show, and then after season six, tried to renegotiate her deal, and it just didn't work out. And then they did the last season without her. And and if you're someone, I mean, I'm sure if you listen to this show, you follow TV pretty closely, and maybe you know kind of have an idea of who's the creator and like when i watch like this type of show or buffy or something and then you see like like when you're watching buffy and you're like written directed by joss whedon i'm usually like oh this is gonna be a good shit yeah you know what i mean you're like oh this is this is the dude this is the this is his brainchild he knows this show better than anyone this is gonna be a good one written and directed by vince gilligan (laughs) yeah exactly yeah for breaking bad exactly or, or better call saul and it's this it was the same thing with this and then to have this show do its last season without the creators there, it really was kind of like I know it's uh, for the fans. It was season seven was always something to completely shit on. It wasn't terrible, terrible, but there was always that feeling of like didn't quite nail it, and it was it kind of sucked that that's how it ended. Mm-hmm. So to then announce that they they're going to come back and and redo a few episodes and have the people that created the show back involved yeah it was more of a thing of celebration instead of like with like arrested development that was something that was kind of cool and then when we got the final product it was like well i don't know about that yeah uh i I feel like this kind of worked 
completely and it was something not to be cynical about. Yeah, the only thing would be that it's kind of a shame that she tries to do something else like bunheads and it's everyone's like, no. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Gilmore Girls. And everyone's like, all right. Because uh, everything that's, you know, was cult is back. Are we going to get a new space? Are we going to get a new this and that? Uh, but I do agree. This is one where it's like totally warranted. Uh, and I do have a confession to make, which is that I actually did not finish season seven and it wasn't in solidarity with the writers or anything i just i didn't even know that part i just sensed that i to be fair i'd watched six seasons in like uh i don't know a month uh but i i'd I'd kind of had enough uh and more more uh specifically it was like no this doesn't feel right this is something's off so yeah that that was my sense of it uh i Mm -hmm. can't do a complete analysis because i didn't watch the whole seventh season but but yeah i had kind of the same yeah the same feeling although obviously you've watched the show for a longer time like i watched it relatively recently like a year or two ago uh is when i first watched it so it wasn't like this amazing oh my god it's back thing because i hadn't even had time to rewatch it once it's on my to-do list to rewatch it especially after uh a year in the life though did you ever even finish uh the seventh season no okay yeah i mean it does like with the distance between when the show ended and now because i mean what it's 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 been like eight years or whatever uh i mean there's like ripples felt but they 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 were smart to not like act like nothing's changed you know here we are picking up right where the last episode left off years ago um uh so yeah i mean I, i guess spoiler free if i mean it's been out for a bit i'm sure if you're a fan you've already watched it yeah. Uh I think it, overall it's very good. I mean there's there's a, I have a few there's a few things that didn't quite nail it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh but overall I I thought they really nailed it and especially I, I was looking forward to it but with anything that's coming back after a period of time there's always that feeling of like Ugh, oh no. Mm-hmm. Like is it going to be good? Yeah. And it was. Uh, so that's good. I guess, should we just uh, get on into it then? Uh, well, I, I can also say without spoilers, or we can say like um, that this is like, obviously, as you said, they, they're not picking up where they left off. This takes place like 10 years or so after uh, the, the end of the show, which also makes sense because this is a show about different generations of the same family and how things develop between them and so on. So uh, going, like it also works because... Like we have kind of seen Rory, who's the uh, who's the daughter, uh, grow up in a way, yeah, because she mm-hmm. she is so young in the in the first season there, and she goes through s- school. I mean, goes through uh, whatever uh, that school is, and then Chilton. Yeah, I meant like whatever level it is. I know it's named Chilton, but yeah. So and yeah, then it's a, it's a really nice private school that's you know very competitive and yeah, yeah. very elite. Mm-hmm. and then Yale on top of that and like yeah. the whole thing like and now she's in her 30s and it's kind of now she's the age that Lorelai was in season like yeah when it started yep when so, the show started <laughs> so we've got another uh another uh lap around that thing and we get to approach stuff in a new way and also bring in stuff from modern like hearing Lorelai uh quip about uh trigger warnings 
is a delight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's really nice. Uh, uh, so I guess yeah, we should just get into it. But uh, it's not super spoilable. If you haven't watched any Gilmore Girls, I think this is kind of a bad place to start because there is yeah. kind of a yeah. lot of fan service uh, or something like it's nostalgia. Uh, a lot of it, and I, I don't think it's overdone necessarily, but like season one is still so solid that you should just go and watch like the first episodes and see to see if this is a show for you. If you don't mind hearing us talk about it, uh, it's not like there's heavy spoilers in this podcast for uh, the Netflix show, but we're also going to talk about the past, like, yeah, the, the all seven seasons or at least six, because I don't know what the fuck happened in the seventh one. Uh, yeah. Talk about the six seasons. So, in a way, if you're into it, go, go, just go watch it from the beginning, okay? And then check back in. I would suggest. But hey, that's yeah. it. That's our warning. And, and well, and and real quick to what you were saying, yeah, it, some of it is kind of fan servicey, and and some of it is the show. Just as the show kind of rightfully assumes that you you're familiar with. Yeah, it, the Netflix version is. For, is assuming you're familiar with the show, so they're not gonna like spend time kind of explaining who's who and what's what. They're yeah, just going yeah. right into it. So yeah, between that and just it, 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 uh, it absolutely is an extension of. It's not its own self-contained thing. So you're not gonna get the character beats and stuff if you don't watch the original show. Yeah. Um. To me, uh, the perfect episode of Gilmore Girls that encapsulates the show. I don't know if it, it still might not work if you don't watch the pilot, but I think the ninth episode of the first season, Rory's Dance, kind of um, encapsulates what the show's all about because it's like family stuff that seems like in the beginning is very good and everyone's kind of chummy and happy and then it all turns pretty bad and dramatic. And uh, to me, that sums up the show in general yeah uh so that's our spoiler warning now we're going to talk about uh winter spring summer and fall where do you want to yes. start i uh, just we'll just go through and then we'll go through chronologically so it starts with winter mm. um and yeah you're right you know the ice smell snow that's absolutely like they're just <laughs> just here you go fans remember <laughs> yeah. do you remember and they even start uh, with like a bunch of audio clips from the, the first like yeah, from yes the show, which so. i did like that i did like that it was like a black screen and you're just here like you're hearing clips from the original show and characters and kind of specific moments yeah uh and then it brings us right back in yeah yeah i think eight or nine years later with uh uh, Lorelai in winter. Now, I will admit that this first thing, because it's like Lorelai, you know, hanging in Stars Hollow, and then Rory comes up and they have a little back and forth, mm -hmm. and it's really fast, and it's kind of classic Gilmore Girls, but it felt shaky to me. It was felt and, a little stilted. Yes. Now, I, I'm not sure if that's just because getting back into the show or what, but that the first thing I was kind of like, uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> do they remember how to do this between? Not just that, not just the actors going back and forth, but also the writing a little bit. Uh, it, it felt because it did felt it felt very like remember this, remember this. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, I guess, on on purpose because it was kind of like I feel like I haven't seen you in years. Like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about. What is like? Oh, it's a bit. It's a bit too much, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess you kind of have to do that in a way. It, it, 
I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of a like, all right, we've addressed it. Now let's move on type thing. <laughs> yeah, and they do uh, move on. But I mean, it is ca- also kind of perfect then when they walk through town, how she's home, back home finally and delighted that everything is still the same. And so are we, the audience, like, oh, my God, there's there's that thing. And the, it's all the same. Like, it, it, it is a show where nostalgia bait makes perfect sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, it, it we're back. Uh, after, it, it's not like perfect home run from from the start but i still you still feel this warmth washing over you and i guess this is what happens to other people when they make like oh we're gonna do uh you know a new i don't know a good example we're gonna do power rangers again or something oh, yeah. and i was like oh my god and i'm like what really another one of these and i'm like Ugh. but here i'm really like oh yeah star solo it's so nice <laughs> And yeah, and I mean, yeah, and then we're quickly back into the mix. Uh, you know, uh, Rory's visiting back home, and she's had a, an article posted in the New Yorker. So you know, uh, she's she's on her same track where we left her. Where where we last left her, actually, where season seven ends is she got a job. You you didn't. I don't think you knew this, but she actually gets a job uh, with Obama's campaign press. Uh, corpse or whatever so she's following which is kind of interesting because it was still like a year before obama was uh actually elected right um but that was kind of the story that she got a job with the campaign to be in their press uh pool or whatever Mm -hmm. and follow them on the trail yeah i remember that because there was this buzz when uh they were hanging out at the white house with michelle obama or something and everyone was like is obama gonna be in the thing and (laughs) they did they they shot like an internet thing with michelle obama and 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 uh alexis bladell was playing rory and she came in with all these books and they had a little like quips back and forth, like you know you can use a tablet. <laughs> oh, I love books, <laughs> and it's something about getting kids to read. I mean, it wasn't uh, great, but it was kind of <laughs> nice little shout out. Okay, uh, sounds great though. Um, so we're back in Stars Hollow. Everything's exactly as we left it, or is it, Richard? Well, there's that. But I just want to say, I just want to shout out to Kirk first. Uh, Kirk is is such a great character that could almost be the worst. Yeah but they use him just the right way. Uh, the actor that plays him is uh, his brother is the director of guardians of the galaxy. Yep. And, um, and yeah, so Kirk's got a pig now because the town found out that him and his girlfriend were talking about maybe having kids. So they pitched in, bought him a pig <laughs> to keep him from having kids. <laughs> yeah. And Kirk also has started his U- Uber service, um, which it's was hilarious to me. Uh, you have to call his mom. He lives at home with his mom. You have to call his mom and then request a r- ride, and then he tells you somewhere where he'll go pick you up at. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know dumb, uh, some dumb humor. And then you know Lorelai and Luke are living together, which it it was always the will they won't they through the show was Lorelai and Luke like ah you crazy kids why can't you both see that you're perfect for each other at the same time. Yeah. You know, one one person realizes it, and then the other one's in a relationship. Ah! And I know if you've never seen the show, that sounds awful. <laughs> but I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, it's great. It's so good. Um, yeah, what, one thing, by the way, I forgot to say in the spoiler-free stuff, like explaining the show. I don't know if this will make people like think it sounds better, but for me, it had like all the positive stuff from friends 
Like, if you want to think about what what a sitcom is and what a drama show is, just imagine, like, take out all the stuff you don't like from Friends and keep all the good stuff and then add more drama on top of that. But it still has the comedy stuff and the relationship stuff and the will they, won't they? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And, I, I mean, it's in the similar way that Spaced, uh, I'm not sure if people out there have seen Spaced or not, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's, like, I guess, quote, sitcom before they started making movies. But in the same way that is, I mean, not exactly, because obviously Spaced caters to very nerd crowd, but Spaced has a very sitcom-y premise that if you're just like, oh, you know, these people have to pretend they're married to get a good deal on an apartment. And if you yeah. just tell someone that's what the show is, they're like, all right, you know, maybe I'll get around to watching it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then it just t- it takes that and it becomes much more, obviously. Yeah, and to the point that in like a few episodes later, it's like the characters have forgotten that that was the point of the show just as the show has forgotten that that was the like the the, yeah. the premise so they just stop pretending and it's like oh wait didn't we say that we weren't that oh shit um so yes gilmore girls is um it's not okay well we're in the spoilers now you already know yeah. like it doesn't yeah, matter you know. <laughs> uh, uh and then so and then rory has this boyfriend and, and very similar to like arrested development and situation He's uh, very forgettable. Everyone forgets he exists and who he is. And a lot of people, I was reading like feedback, a lot of people thought this was kind of mean. And I mean, yeah, it is, but it's funny. And uh, th- that's one thing that Gilmore Girls... Gilmore Girls was, isn't afraid to kind of have some har- like harsh jokes, like harsher than you'd expect when you hear like, oh, this show Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so... Rory, it's, you're, we're kind of seeing the beginning of her, like, she's in transition between coming off of this big article she wrote, but now she doesn't have a house, she doesn't have an apartment anymore, and her stuff has been sent home, and her grandparents, and somewhere else, so she's she's kind of in the midst of getting that next job, and looking for uh, a new apartment, and figuring out what she's going to do with this boyfriend that they keep forgetting, that everyone keeps forgetting, not just Rory. And she's going to live a nomadic rider lifestyle, which uh, everyone says is fine, except her grandmother is like, what? No, you're in your 30s now. Uh, you need to do something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, then like that's all pretty lighthearted stuff uh, going forward. There's some anxiety and, and stuff about her not feeling like she can develop uh in the way she would want and and everything's not going great but then we get into uh get the last of the girls we get to see the grandmother and yeah who's great she's always great on the show uh who's this vish well we don't need to explain it we we assume you've seen it but yeah this vicious old lady who, who uh has like she doesn't do like it shows that the writers are versatile they don't have to all be spouting pop culture references at one another like just her uh, being herself is kind of great and pure in, in its own way. So anyway, Richard died. Yeah, Richard's dead. Uh, and with with uh, Emily Gilmore too. Every now and then she'll have a like pointed reference yeah. to something weirdly pop That's culture, true. but it also is kind of like it's it's not. It doesn't feel like they're squeezing it in. It's just kind of like oh weird. That's funny that Emily Gilmore knows that movie or whatever mm-hmm. uh but yes yeah, so the the i mean the actor himself 
died. But I do feel like it makes sense anyway. Like, yeah, I feel like it's something that would have been it would have been covered on the show either way. Uh, and uh, personally, like, I was very w- concerned about myself. Uh, crying like uh, all the time yeah. when they were going to be talking about Richard being being dead, and, and that's uh, another thing about the show is with you know the, we look into this like quote elite you know uh, the rich elites because they're they're in I mean they're in Connecticut so they're in New England and there's a lot of people like this and it'd be very easy to make all these people villainous and they kind of are I mean they're kind of the the villain but. They don't. It's not that easy. Like the rich people that are like ah, the one percenters, and uh, we hate everyone below us. Uh, there's there's layers there. There's a lot more, and and there's points where you root for them uh, rather than just the typical the rich villains. And and Richard was always kind of like that because he had very complicated relationship with his daughter because they have a, a certain view of the world and the way they're supposed to be. And then Lorelai has a completely different uh, vision, and uh, then Rory and her grandparents. So, with the actor passing away, and then just having his kind of aura still over the show, uh, it was handled really well. I thought. Yeah, and uh, maybe the point where I started getting sucked into the show, the original show. Uh, I think it's episode two where. Rory goes golfing with her grandfather uh yeah. and they kind of he kind of realize he, he like kind of realizes that he's super proud of her and enjoys <laughs> spending time with her and it um I mean it it gets a little complicated because he had such a weird uh negative type relationship with his own daughter where they could never get along and he like you get to see him as more of a human being and like that's in episode two so i mean it all gets better and more complicated and interesting from there but just seeing the uh bond between them was a good way to show him as a character and like moving forward from there uh yeah just got even better and now he's gone and there's a huge fucking painting of him (laughs) (laughs) there's a giant painting of him yeah uh, which, you know, we come to find out that uh, Emily Gilmore spinal tapped it and, and maybe wrote out the dimensions wrong, but she's so stubborn that she's just acting like that's exactly what she wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just it's great seeing him, like, because they're doing their kind of Friday night dinner thing that we've seen, you know, hundreds of times on the show, and he's still a presence because there's this giant painting <laughs> in the background of him kind of sternly looking over them. And, uh, you know, there's as there is usually in this show, there's a rift between Emily and Lorelai. Um, and then we get a flashback to, you know, the specifics of that. Yeah. And we get to see, you know, Richard's funeral. It's all heavy, sad things because it's, you know characters we love are very sad and one of the characters we love is not on the show anymore um and then they everything seems to be going well like and it's kind of a the 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 hallmark of this show everything kind of goes well until it doesn't and it always feels like it doesn't feel like it's a thing they just threw in it just feels like a natural thing that happens and then all of a sudden everyone's at odds with each other um 
Emily, you know, it's the end of the night and Lorelai's still there and Emily decides, you know, hey, before we leave, let's all go around the room and we'll all share, you know, a really great memory that we had with Richard. And in true Lorelai fashion, she can't really nail it or come up with one. Uh, and I feel like this is this is similar because um, there's an episode in season one where like Richard has a heart attack. I think it's season one, maybe season two. And they have a moment where it's only Richard and Lorelai in the hospital and Richard wakes up and they kind of can't really say anything to each other because there's clearly love between the characters, but it's very complicated and they just look at things differently. So yeah. it's not always as easy as like, I don't know. It just didn't come off as like, it, it just made sense that even though it's her dad in the moment and especially like with everything going on, she couldn't easily just pick something out of thin air to, to, to sum it all up. Yeah. And of course, of course to, to Emily, that's very bad. It's uh, a good, such a good way that they deal with the tone of the show, because as you said, it can go from really light to really serious and not give you like emotion whiplash. It just works. Like when she first comes up with this idea, why don't we go around the circle and everyone says something <laughs> nice and Lorelai's kind of slapstickily trying to move <laughs> away, like switching places with other people and like, trying to roll away someone in a wheelchair and then she can't come up with the thing and i thought the funeral scene was kind of rough but then the fight that follows uh oh, is yeah. so rough to watch yeah. and it kind of made me wonder like uh, as i said earlier i'm not well versed in what drama television looks like these days but i'm sure it's not this good yeah. <laughs> like uh, they do it uh really good and 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 what they do really well is because yeah it's like it's this big dramatic fight, and they're both kind of right. They're both right in what they're talking about. Yeah. And but then they 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 get kind of mean, uh, and, and they get mean to each other, and and it's 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 rough, and it's and it and it feels real because they kind of they kind of rip into each other's insecurities, which will also propel the whole story of the whole uh, season or whatever you want to call it, because. Uh, like about Luke and Lorelai, she she wasn't feeling super insecure about that before her mother, like who knows her, yep. brings it up and in her own sort of uh, way of deciding everything or, or like being an influence, she can always make her daughter feel bad and her daughter can always make her feel bad. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of hard to watch, but great. And then we get like, I think the first mention, and it comes up a few times, but you know, finally when Lorelai's leaving and Emily yells, like, is yelling at her, like, ah, oh, go back to your, you know, uh, charming town of misfits and and <laughs> and nobodies, and tell them how your big mean mother, you know, yelled at you and made you cry or whatever, and then yeah. Lorelai says full circle, and like I think it comes up a few times and it ties in with the end, like they're really yeah. trying to let you know how things are coming um, uh, full circle. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then it, it easily kind of jumps back into, after the flashback, you know, some heavy drama and emotion. And then it's funny because uh, Kirk's at dinner <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and oh, Emily yeah. has her new uh, maid who is kind of like moving her family into the house as well. And, and yeah. it's kind of a nice, uh, it's a nice little hint at, because it was always the running gag on the show that 
Emily would fire her mates for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, but now that Richard's yeah. gone, we're seeing that even though it looks kind of the same, she's she's different. She's changing, and the <laughs> these like uh, it's they they never really can nail down the ethnicity of <laughs> of the family, and <laughs> no one knows what language they're speaking. But Kirk's just like playing soccer with them outside, and the the maid's husband is like doing handyman work. Uh, but it's not supposed to be like. It's not like a scam. They're not like trying to rip her off. It's just like she doesn't want to be alone, and and she's like getting comfort of this family that's moving in. Yeah, and they all think she's the nicest lady <laughs> ever, <laughs> and- which she is to them. But yeah, just because she's like lonely, and it, it's weird to see uh, uh, Emily Gilmore surrounded by all these people in her house. But it also kind of makes sense because she does get a bit unhinged, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, totally understandable. But yeah, this is one of the ways that that manifests, and it's uh, pretty funny. And then Luke shows up, and I always enjoy the dynamic between Emily and Luke. Um, yeah, and he like kind of weirdly hugs her, and then he almost goes to sit in Richard's seat, and you know that's clearly a no-no right now. Um, yeah. and then it kind of it kind of shifts from there when it, it's. Lorelai is still kind of thinking her relationship with Luke and she starts pushing this idea of, you know, we didn't have kids. Did you want kids? Did I decide everything? And, and I mean, as the, as the audience, you kind of maybe think that, but then it's hard to forget that Luke, Luke is kind of just, he's a, he's a blue collar guy. He's, he's not quick to always talk about his emotions and to some people, that might seem like maybe he's unhappy or maybe he's hiding something. Uh, so that kind of all comes up, and then that leads us to the uh, maybe the the search for a surrogate. And and I th- feel like a lot of things in this in these episodes, these are things that I feel like they had planned, and it would have been stuff kind of stretched out over seasons or at least multiple episodes in a season. Yeah, and we're kind of getting condensed versions of that all here. Uh, and then we get to, and that brings us Paris back into the show. And Paris is always fucking great. I was so glad uh, to see Paris again. Uh, <laughs> it was all, um, I know, uh, maybe I'm being too kind, but in another show, it would have been like super convenient that she is like in charge of an in vitro place where they have surrogates and then like, oh, uh, time, what, what a timely thing that right as we're deciding that uh, they go to that place and Paris is the boss. I, I mean, I don't think it was a coincidence she actually like went there because she knew it, but like that could uh, that could be annoying, but I'm just glad to see Paris. Paris is uh, Rory's old uh, classmate and they always had the best dynamic they were rivals and friends and all all manner of things so uh so great to see paris again and i mean it it is all in this uh, first episode right that they also go back to chilton oh that's actually the next episode oh okay yeah well we're, we're getting there that's when we get into paris and i wish there was more paris in the later episodes but her whole thing about her briefcase that is empty is so great <laughs> and so paris because yeah. she's like she's this business lady and she's like on on the pulse and do this and snappy i'm an entrepreneur i don't have time for this i have 15 people trying to call me right now and <laughs> she has this talk at chilton where she makes students cry of course <laughs> yeah uh, while rory is this kind person who who the headmaster wants to come back and teach and uh, paris makes them cry and then she's freaking out because she's breaking up with her 
her boyfriend and the father of her children and uh who's becoming a who's <laughs> becoming a screenwriter there's so many which, great things which is great because that actor is a screenwriter now and he wrote right. like um <laughs> The Butler, I think. Yeah, I think he wrote The Butler, and he writes on that show Empire. Oh, uh, <laughs> so it's a nice like little meta call. Mm-hmm. And it's all—I mean, he's like ridiculous because they get to talk about people who write scripts as well a little <laughs> bit, which is yeah. uh, obviously great. <laughs> and Paris is freaking out, and she opens her briefcase and like, "There's nothing in her. I just carried it because I thought want people to think I'm important." Uh, <laughs> so good. And well, and like a character like Paris is why is like the potential of TV and why TV can be so good. And it, I mean, I know a lot of my, uh, a lot of my calls callbacks now are to Buffy's and some like actively rewatching it, Mm -hmm. but in the same vein of like someone like spike where you have this character who's just kind of a piece of shit in the beginning. And it's like the, like kind of the villain. And cause Paris was just always like mean to Rory and, uh, trying to make her look bad because they were, you know, competitive in their school. But then as you start to learn more about the character, it doesn't erase what they did in the past, but you kind of understand it more and then you start to like them more. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. And then Paris has, there's a, a you know, the, the they have some funny back and forth because it's, they're doing surrogate stuff and Luke thinks he has to have sex with these women that they're showing <laughs> and no one will answer his question. And then Paris is doing that thing of like trying to humble brag with like the obvious hint of like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say who came in for a surrogate not too long ago, but let's just call him Doogie Hauser. And it's like, <laughs> it's like clearly, you know, he's talking about. He's like Neil Patrick Harris. And it's like, yeah, fine, just go ahead and say it then, Neil Patrick Harris. And uh, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, the thing you were saying about a rival who can develop like that. What we what we would see in a film like the. It's like. The closest thing is like a buddy cop movie where they're like, "You're, uh, I stay out of my way," and they're like, "You know what? You're all right." And they do that in ninety <laughs> minutes, yeah. and they have a number of seasons to get that right in TV. And it's uh, sometimes, like sometimes, or a lot in drama, a lot in drama shows. What I why I don't follow them for more than a season or two. It's because they do everything that can be done. Like, every character has betrayed every character. Every character has slept with every character. So nothing feels like it matters anymore. When you start watching a drama show, you can be on board, or I can be on board and like, oh, this character is unrequitedly in love with this one. Let's see how it develops. But then in season two or three, everyone slept with everyone and cheated on everyone. It's not interesting anymore. Uh, and that's that's kind of what I think of when when you say drama, you know? Uh, yeah. but, but here they treat it as more like yeah no it's just it's a story we can develop these characters there can be actual good and not melodramatic drama uh so yeah that's good and then uh i mean basically from here which this stuff kind of felt kind of flat for me uh we 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 see rory working with like a quirky british lady i'm sure it's probably based on something that i'm just not getting um probably but like it's just kind of clear from the start because rory's going to be working on this book for this woman who i guess i think was the inspiration for her new yorker article so she's digging deeper into that but uh like she does weird things like take people's food uh when the waiter's bringing the food to a table she's so like rich and powerful she just takes it and like loves that and she's quirky and weird um and then we get the reveal that uh rory's up to her old tricks and she's cheating on her forgettable boyfriend with uh 
her old uh, flame, Logan. Uh, Logan Huntsberger, yeah. who was um, there, that's one thing with this show too. Like, as far as from the outside, because all the fans always discuss like who they want Rory to be with, so it sounds like it's like Twilight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, and no one wants her to be with Logan. It's right? weird. A lot of people uh, want her to be with Logan. I don't know if it's just really? kind of like w- like what I saw on Reddit. There's a lot of uh, Logan Huntsberger fans. I don't know if it's kind of like. Well, he's a dreamboat. Not, yeah, not to be a like a patriarchy, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, chauvinist, male chauvinist, but I guess it's like the prince who kind of takes care of you because he's like a rich douchebag. But like, it's clearly Jess. We're all in. We're all in agreement yeah. that we want Rory to be with Jess, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that you bring it up. Like all these people trying to decide who she wants to be with, but obviously it's Jess, and they're wrong. And I'm like, yeah, yeah obviously, obviously because, Jess uh, is her true love. Yeah, let's get. <laughs> Let's get into this for a moment, because Jess, uh, I, I was never like a hundred percent on board with Jess at the beginning. I don't know if anyone was like immediately super on board with it, because Dean was such a good guy at one yeah. point uh, that when Jess showed up, it was kind of like this annoying thing of like, yeah, of course he's got a leather jacket, so of course she's gonna go for that type. So that's like another. I mean, I have this whole theory about based on who you want, which characters to be with, which characters. It kind of tells you a lot about what kind of person you are, <laughs> you know, how you approach uh, romantic stuff and what what type of people you will fall for. You know, do you want Harry Potter to get together with Hermione Granger? Maybe you're the kind of person who's in love with your best friend all the time uh, and doesn't tell them. Maybe you want him, if you want Harry Potter to be with Draco, hell, that's another story. Then you're probably more, you know, say Rory and Paris all the way. Uh, but if you want, uh, you know, Ginny, it's like, little sister of your best friend, etc., yeah. etc. Et and Jess, I mean, whatever his negative qualities have been in the past, when he shows up here, it's so clear that Jess is such the yeah. best guy, yeah. right? In in this whole season. I'm so on board with Jess. Nobody, I mean, uh, I cannot imagine who would thinks Logan is a good idea. Uh, not to be all uh, catty about who we ship, but... <laughs> yeah. And uh, the Jess, I've always liked how they handled the Jess character on this show because it's always been very complicated, and yeah. it 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 always worked because he was kind of a kid. He just wasn't ready to accept help or love or whatever at the time, and it kind of made sense with the with his character and just true to being kind of an angry, angsty teenager. Um, and they always gave you hints that, oh, maybe this is where things are going to work out. Like, all you have to do is do your part, Jess. And then he wouldn't. And it didn't. And it was like a self-sabotage, but in a way that made sense because he was just kind of young. And it was always nice to see, like, hints of, like, later on, I think in season seven, he pops up. And then, of course, in this, to see that he kind of, you know, worked things out to, to yeah. for the better. Um but yeah, clearly it was Jess because Jess always be- like if we really get into this. I mean, Jess always believed in Rory. He always knew yep. what was best for, her, and uh, <laughs> he always had a better understanding than anyone else. Uh, yeah, he could talk to her about books and stuff because he's all smart, even though he's so rugged and handsome. So. <laughs> but uh, and what, I guess what you missed then, because in the season season seven finale, the what was the series finale? Uh, Logan Huntsberger did uh, propose to Rory, and she said no. Um, oh. 
And it was kind of like he just proposed out of nowhere, like a piece of shit, Logan. Um, <laughs> and I mean, she just said no because she was young and it was she was graduating college and she, you know, she was a career woman. She was a strong, independent woman. She didn't need no man. Um, but here they are. They're back together. And Rory's cheating on her forgettable boyfriend. And we find out that Logan's cheating on his uh, fiance, who's like an heiress to some money or whatever. Um, so a lot of people yeah, very I mean, upset with the way this show is casual about cheating from what I read, like with the mm. feedback and they kind of hate Rory for it. But uh, I mean, I, there's an element of that, obviously, of someone who's a cheater, but I feel like it's just showing that I like that they, they weren't afraid to show that Rory is such a smart character, like, you know, obviously book smart, school smarts. She she knows her thing, but she also kind of didn't have. She did. She had such an easy, I mean, easy relative. Like she kind of an easy life because she had rich grandparents. She had a buddy for a mom, and yeah, there was some some fights and drama here and there. But relatively, she's kind of gotten everything she's wanted. So. Now that she's older, it's not always going to work out that way, and it gets messy. And I feel like that's what they were trying to show with these episodes. Yeah. And a lot of people are really mad about that, and they're like, oh, Rory's an idiot. I hate Rory. Well, I think it's because she's, I mean, she's obviously in a super confused place in her life, and I think the whole what's-his-face uh, situation, Paul, is it Paul? Who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is Paul. It's like um, a low-key way to show that she's not okay. Like she, that's Rory shouldn't be doing that, uh, and if her doing it's like just as her as a, like her as a teenager. Imagine her hearing what her future self is doing. Like what? No, that's horrible. But I mean, she's she's in a weird place in her life and doesn't know what's going on, and she literally forgets that she has a boyfriend. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all like expressing that something's not right under the surface, which obviously develops as the episodes goes on, and she moves back to Stars Hollow because everything goes to hell with the author. Uh, everything goes to hell just in general, and she doesn't know what she's doing with her life. So. Yeah. yeah, I, I, it's, it's like they don't underline it as, oh, it's so terrible that Rory's doing this, but it's because they're kind of smart enough to let you figure that out yourself. I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just like real quick tid- tidbits on this episode, uh, the running gag, like they, they don't reveal it till late, but Luke seems because Luke's always been in Luke's diner, like no phones, blah blah blah, but now everyone's got their their laptops and they keep asking for the password. And he keeps yeah. saying things, but he keeps saying different ones. But he doesn't sound like angry Luke. And then we get the reveal that he's just giving people the wrong password constantly because he doesn't want them on their computers, but he's not going to fight with them about it. And then there's a running thing with Taylor trying to get the like septic system redone in Stars Hollow. And uh, Taylor and Luke always have a good dynamic. We get a glimpse at Lane and her band, and I feel like the biggest travesty is... For all these episodes, is we don't get enough of Lane. I, I feel like there, there yeah. should have been more there. But I guess it kind of yep. makes sense if they're older now. It's not like they're always hanging out. But be, being that we're in Stars Hollow, we could have had some more with them. And I, I like the little thing with the singer of the band ha- is kind of a company man now, but he still wants to be that rock star uh, with his with his band. Yeah, he's and, got a tie now. It's awful. 
and I got to promote it again. Oh my god, no! Uh, they're all upset. And uh, yeah, uh, Taylor and Luke. I I didn't know Taylor could make me care about septic systems or like that. I could care that much about uh like him and his dreams and aspirations like when he freaks out and tells everyone to go home from luke's diner and <laughs> after that uh, luke's kind of like give me the list i'll sign the thing <laughs> and it's so good uh the way their dynamic works out uh it's great and then we get to see uh emily in like a t-shirt and jeans lorelei's old clothes because she's decluttering her life uh because i mean she's clearly going through a lot losing her husband and it's just not the same it's not the same life that she had um and uh there's like you know a good freak out and kind of back and forth with that and we get to see emily in jeans which is pretty fun and then lorelei convinces her to go to therapy uh just to talk to someone and then unknowingly agrees to go to therapy because she she thinks she's being supportive like oh yeah I'll go talk to your therapist one day and then Luke's like are you crazy you just agreed to go to therapy with your mom <laughs> and that's kind of where it ends and I the, the, the therapy is another thing that I feel like it was kind of it was probably always in the plans that they would have a, like a little storyline like this and again it probably would have been something that would have been fleshed out a little bit longer but they uh they set it up well for the next episode. Yeah. And I mean, well, that's the first episode and holy shit, it's been a long time. So yeah, maybe we'll, we'll wrap it here and then we'll pick it up for the remaining three in a, in a part two, if you will. That makes sense to me. We'll see you in part two, which is somehow three seasons longer than <laughs> part one, which is one, which is winter. So yeah. yeah. And uh, if you have any thoughts on the Gilmore Girls, either seasons one through seven or the revival here on Netflix, you can email them to shows which you know show at gmail.com. And visit jimandthem.com and awesomepedia.org and of course shows what you know.com for the next episode. See you soon. Boy with the poodles already. <laughs>